Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the internationally acclaimed hot mess of a podcast that is. <laughs> Grown men, watch this shit. Yeah, boy. Yeah, what a mess. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm in a fun mood today. <laughs> I'm also in a fun mood. Actually, I, I'm in a quite a weird mood because i found something out literally just before we started recording that i did not know are you are you familiar with the film demolition man i fucking love the film demolition man sir it's a fantastic film it's in every way one of the most one of the most 90s movies ever it's great it's got Uh, rob schneider does it yeah rob schneider you got dennis leary sandra bullock wesley Uh, you got wesley snipes Wesley Snipes, Fuck Benjamin yeah. Bratt. You can't forget about Mr. Benjamin Bratt. Uh, but anyway, in this future, the Demolition Man, uh, every restaurant is a certain restaurant. And now I, I thought that it was only one restaurant, but it, due to a release in other countries, they changed it. What is the restaurant where you saw it? What? <laughs> the restaurant that every there's one restaurant in the whole movie, I, um, and, and they they make reference to it in the movie, like they make point to say this is after a war between all the brands. This is the only restaurant that's left. Oh man, it has been too long since I've seen this movie. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just gonna throw okay, like, no McDonald's out it's there. Fine. What? <laughs> it's actually in the U.S. It's Taco Bell, Ooh. but in Everywhere or in other countries, apparently it was Pizza Hut, and I don't think anybody else in the U.S. knows this. I just literally found out, and it's blowing my Ooh. fucking mind. So what did we they get even... in Australia? I'm assuming Pizza Hut. I don't. I imagine. I, that's what I'm assuming. Do you guys know about Taco Bell? Do you guys have Taco Bell in Australia? I know that sounds so ignorant to say. Uh, no, I think they recently opened one um, in Sydney or something. But um... so you guys were aware of Pizza Hut, though. Oh yeah, and I'm like we're aware of Taco Bell. Yes, you guys um, were familiar with the Pizza Hut brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza Hut's like an institution here, like the all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut. I think many of us grew up where that was a, a birthday tradition. Then it probably is. That's so funny. <laughs> like <laughs> the people in America, yeah, we're doing a Taco Bell, but everyone's like, people don't know if we're about fucking Taco Bell demolition, man. We're changing to fucking Pizza Hut. <laughs> you think it was like a, a regionalized sponsorship kind of deal there? I don't know, but the the main thing that overlays the whole thing is both Pizza Hut and Taco Bell are owned by the same conglomerate, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not anyway. a big Taco Bell guy, personally. I, oh, I think get the fuck out of here. We've got enough other really great Mexican food options to where I eat Taco Bell, and I'm like, this is the worst Americanized <laughs> variation oh, yeah, of, of Mexican food I've ever eaten. If you're looking for Mexican, don't go there. Yes, certainly not. <laughs> I if mean, you're looking for I Taco guess, Bell, you can go for Taco Bell. Yeah, it's just its own kind of magic, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. But yeah, just imagine a future where all the restaurants are Taco Bell. There's that wrestler, Alex Zane, who he's kind of obsessed with Taco Bell. He even calls himself the sauce. 
Ooh. But that would be his his ideal futures. He has no other option but fucking Taco Bell. And no. it's like upscale, fucking fancy-ass Taco Bells, dude. This, like, this ain't yeah. your regular mom-and-pop Taco Bell. This is highfalutin. Yeah, I've just discovered there's like a whole Reddit thing on <laughs> this this topic that we are currently discussing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, there's they, also um, a big the three seashells. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, I always yeah. remember that. Wait, he doesn't know how to use the three seashells? Yeah, he's incredulous <laughs> about this insane thing. Like, oh, when, what an idiot. <laughs> when I was a, a, a youngin and I first saw this movie, I like legitimately was like, wait, but but how do you use the three seashells? <laughs> yeah, is I think it, that's is what like they really a... want you to walk away saying, what the fuck? Yeah, is it like a scraping kind of scenario here? That that can't be hygienic. Oh, they've, they've got to have worked it out. I don't know. But there's actually a diagram somebody did. Uh, they they There is scraping involved, yes. They, <laughs> a guy drew it up like a mock like little <laughs> tutorial of how to do it. Awesome. You, you're, you take two clamps or two shells and you grab the remaining feces from your butt, and then you use the, the third shell. Kind of like a chopstick it. type of thing. There you go. Yeah, if you're going to get like a little teriyaki bite, you know. Uh, but yeah, and then you use, the, this is the most disgusting thing. Uh, then you use the final shell to, yeah, scrape away the remaining amount. I hope there's like a uh, a bidet scenario involved yeah, as well. Yeah, there's you know, got to be something up. to just wash the, the rest out, I'm assuming. Because you really think about it, tissue paper, you're just smashing it in there and wiping it. Hopefully, uh, yeah. I hope I got all of it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there have been numerous uh, dumb articles I've, I've seen on Facebook about how Americans are. I think it was probably a Vice article. You know, Americans are walking around with dirty anuses because they <laughs> they're not cultured enough to use bidets. Yeah, <laughs> our damn filthy buttholes. You don't want to sniff them, friend. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Nice. And since we're getting started late, I might have to order food mid-podcast and get Ooh, it delivered. Not, it'd be fun. might be excited. I, I have so what's a, happening, um, dude? I have a, a pho waiting upstairs in the in the fridge from a leftover lunch the other day. So I'm gonna now, was this a pho, a place that had a punny name or a straight-up name? Um, no, it was like, just was it like, like fucking or... Fuck you, or no? There are a lot of options when it comes to there. There is a, a one in um, Annalee, not far from where I live, that does a really great Vietnamese, and yeah, they're called uh, Fuck You, and I thought oh. that was really good. But no, this one was just uh, like mint Vietnamese, not not a very yeah, exciting name. No, but those are the better ones. You don't want the one with the gimmicky name. It's they're just worried about the food here, not the. Not the puns. Not the flash. Yeah. Oh, to me, I look at it the other way. I'm like, if you can put that much effort into the pun, you you probably put a fair bit of effort into your food. That's how I oh. like to think. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been good. Otherwise, uh, this is the the week where uh, Courtney has uh, left me uh, alone. She's gone to your fair country, sir. She's spending the the next week or so. In of all places, Salt Lake City uh, for a very prestigious uh, Derby tournament weekend. Oh, awesome! Mm. Yeah, so that should be uh, fun. Uh, the games start on Saturday, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it'll be pretty fun for me keeping up with uh, all these Derby games. In addition to uh, getting caught up uh, by this fucking 
life ruining experience that is the G1 Climax tournament. <laughs> that I'm oh, like Lord. four shows behind right now, and I have to get caught up for like the the finals with the with the guys. So it's uh, whoa, put myself in a real hole here, Jeremy. Uh, I think I can dig myself out, but it's going to require some um, some stick chewedness. You're a braver man than I. Thanks. Um, um, <laughs> I got my buddy uh, coming over tonight. We're just going to drink beers, but he's not like a um, a wrestling watching guy necessarily. Like sometimes we talk a little bit about the wrestling, but I don't know if I just have to be like, dude, I know wrestling's not your thing, but I'm so behind in this G1. <laughs> we really just have to put it on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's just watch Japanese guys punch each other while we drink beer. It'll be fun either way. Yeah. I think you'll be down with it. Yeah. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, how about you? You're, I assume you're not uh, watching any of the G1 as of yet. You've got enough other of the wrestles to, to be watching anyway. Dude, to take on the G1, and then also, you know, I still am a stupid, faithful WWE wrestling fan, plus the local shows I go to. It's I'd have to... That's have all to draw the shit the line that I somewhere. make you watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the... <laughs> Those are little, you know, little treats I get to enjoy. Aww. Yeah. Treats. Wrestling treats to chew on. But yeah, uh, outside of that, I, you know, just going to local shows, working on a lot of art. Actually, Ooh. speaking of art, Ooh. it's, dude, did I show you that? I showed you that Teddy Hart Game of Thrones thing that I did, right? I saw it on the Twitter and uh, your Facebook, and then it was gone. Did court get to you? No, I didn't know if you saw. I I deleted because I was wondering if I was being too dickish. Mm. So to let people know that's listening to the show, I did a design after Court Bauer from MLW hit me up, Game of Thrones themed, and I made a dire cat, you know, like their dire wolf. And Court said he didn't want to use that because he felt like it's too close to the, or he, he felt like they'd sue him for using it. Basically, is what right. he said. And, and then, lo and behold, he goes and releases a strikingly similar design um, all, all on his own. And I'm like, dude, what up? He's like, it was my idea. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> hey, Cot's got a lot on his mind. He can't remember <laughs> whether he originally came up with an idea or it was <laughs> given to him from you. <laughs> oh man it's fucking i don't know if i should be pissed off or what because i don't like I'm not like contract with him he didn't like own my ideas unless and i mean from what you it. tell me like court's generally pretty good with the mlw stuff right yeah yeah for the most part yeah. oh fucking cats chasing the dog or vice or other way around sorry anyway yeah so i was just kind of miffed so i took it down because i felt maybe i was being too cunty but yeah, it is lame to see almost a exact line. It's almost identical thing. I I did like their um, you you had more of a ferocious cat, uh, whereas yeah. theirs was like more of a, a a cutesy little little face kind of cat. So I did uh, I I hate to be complimenting the copy cat up. Here's the thing: but... I could have I could have done that if they had just asked me. Say, hey, we did a flat face cat over here. Boom. Yeah, yeah, flat face. Mm. I um. Uh, in in watching some MLW recently, I saw the merch stand in the background, and I saw that awesome LA Park design that you did uh, a little while back with the the, the chairs and the the eyes and everything. Yeah, and that's been fucking cool. That was such a great design, and that's my biggest regret 
when I was in New York, when I went to that MLW show, that I didn't buy that shirt. Because I like had so many other shirts that I was buying, and I think I was meaning to, but then we we just had to like run out of there real fast to get to that fucking AIW show, right? Yeah. Uh, across the other other side of town in Jersey City. Um. So yeah, I was I was just punching myself that I didn't get that sweet LA Park design, and then um, I also really like I don't know whether you did this one or not that um new David Boy Smith Junior uh, New Japan themed shirt. Was that you? It cut out. I can't hear you. Yo, the uh, the Harry Boy, uh, David Boy Smith Jr., Harry Smith, uh, the the New Japan inspired Lion Mark kind of shirt. Was that you? I did not do that one. No. Oh, here I am giving you credit for someone else's work. Oh boy, yeah, it's great. Look at me, tremendous. Uh, <laughs> I did all of the designs up there. No. <laughs> I do have one that's a heart foundation one coming out pretty soon from them. So yeah, I mean, who knows should... how much more work I'll do with them. I do feel kind of annoyed at that, but you know, was, this kind of shit is so stupid. Yeah. I hate that. stuff. like, I've heard of people like giving design work and people like basically lifting it identically. I've actually had people. almost. Oh yeah. That's bullshit. Work. I mean, the ones where you can sort of in your mind, like kind of, toss it up and be like, oh, you know, I can benefit of the doubt. They may have just completely forgotten about it. And then, you know, someone else came on with this or whatever, but some of them are just so on the, on the nose that it, it's yeah. pretty hard to make those excuses, you know? Yeah. Well, at least they put on a great wrestling product and we watched mm. a wonderful wrestling match from them this evening. We did. Why don't we start with that, huh? This is current, Sounds guys. Good. This was this fucking segue. Yeah, this past week's episode of uh, of MLW. Um, it was funny. I had my buddy David over last night. Uh, I, I find that I spend a bit more time with the mates when when Courtney's gone. I don't know why <laughs> I need that like motivation to like have guy time because she doesn't give a fuck. I mean, she's got like derby. She's got heaps of stuff going on. It's not like she's one of the girlfriends that's like, Chris, why are you always spending time with the guys and not me? You know, it's complete yeah. opposite of complete opposite <laughs> of Courtney, unlike some of my uh my buddy's girlfriends, but let's not go into that. Um but yeah, it's like it's a weird thing, you know? It's like, oh well, friendship time. Let's do this. But yeah, so David was over and we were watching um uh, a couple of shows, but the first I was like, there was this awesome match that I've heard great things about that happened on this past week's episode of MLW TV between Timothy Thatcher and Davy Boy Smith Jr. And like, we're both heaps into like that catch wrestling style, um, you know, realistic style, shoot style wrestling, that kind of vibe. So this is like Hell a yeah. dream match, man. I was real stoked about this. And then we put the show on and we only work out like 50 minutes into the episode that we've actually played the wrong episode. So we watched the, the prior week. <laughs> uh, that when the Bestia showed up or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Had actually a real fun match between, yeah, Bestia, Seis, and um, Mance, uh, Mance Warner. And um, that, was, that was a real fun match. Uh, and it had, uh, yeah, Von Erichs uh, against um, the, the Contra unit. Um, and a, uh, a low-key squash match on one of, um, Selena De La Renta's, um, stooges, Ricky Martinez, I believe. So that was, that was a fun Fucking episode. Stooge. Um, but then I, uh, I, I got to, to this latest episode that I was meant to watch <laughs> today and I was not disappointed. It was, it was very fun. Did you watch the whole episode? 
I believe I did. Yes, indeed. I started. I actually realized that I could pull up YouTube on my Xbox, so I just watched oh. it from there. Quite nice. Mm, mm. Um, so it was fun watching between the two shows because the, the the prior one in Chicago, and they, they had a egg, match excerpt on the, the episode we watched actually of it, um, was uh, your good friend Jim Cornette on commentary. Um, <laughs> and then this, this next episode was uh, our, our hero, uh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, and it's it's fun. Like I think they both bring something really good to the product, but both quite different announcers as well. But I think they're two of the best going today. Hey, Tony is kind of corny though these days. He like almost says all the cliche stuff and just kind of agrees with what Rich says without actually accentuating on what he said. But yeah, a lot of agreement. Um, <laughs> but it's cool to hear Tony talking wrestling because I. Everyone knows that's listen to this show that I love fucking WCW. So mm-hmm. some Tony Giovanni is always my jam. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there there's a certain amount of room for like your your cliches. Like I almost want a certain amount of cliches in my wrestling commentary. Like if they're not hitting them completely, I'm I'm feeling like I'm missing out on something. Well, um, it's more like not really saying, not necessarily wrestling cliches, just being cliche, not saying anything. Like, I don't know. It's hard to put. If we were listening to the show and actually, if I had taken some notes, which I probably should have, <laughs> I would be able to point out exact moments. But yeah, he was like literally on points where he's like, what? "Huh? That's not even a. That's nothing." And then he, ah, fuck. It's hard. To, I couldn't even say anything because I don't have any notes. He literally you don't have anything specific to criticize, but just that was the exact general that it always is ever. Like, it's ridiculous. I I quite liked. Um, uh, in in the the match the the Davy Boy Smith Junior versus Thatcher match, there was a pretty good point that I remember Tony made about the actual wrestling and like the the idea of like there's certain things like a headlock that some guys will do just you know and they'll just put on the headlock but they won't really do the the little things that make the difference and other little oh, things sure. that guys like a Thatcher or a Harry Smith will do um, to where they'll they'll grind up that forearm. It, that little bit extra and, and that kind of stuff. And that's like the little insight that I, I really appreciate. And I feel like Tony brings that maybe other guys don't so much. For sure. And I, I, the match overall was pretty incredible. I was actually pretty shocked with the overall outcome of the match. Cause I don't know. Guess I assumed Timothy Thatcher was going to go over in this thing, buddy. I, well, this was Timothy Thatcher's first, first shot. For MLW, this was his first time in, and I don't know if he necessarily has a contract or anything yet. Um, so I don't know whether this was just well, like that a one-off dream match course. kind of thing, trying yeah. him out or seeing how the crowd receives him. I don't know, but it seemed to go over very well, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, that was great showing by both guys. And mm. I love the fucking stiff-ass kicks uh, from Davy Boy, like yeah, and he wasn't doing that shit. It, he pulled yeah. out some of those like Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, like just those quick, sharp forearms that I just love. Yeah, you can definitely tell he's like almost developed a totally different style since he left the WWE, which is mm. you know what you should do, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a guy that's always had just that that great catch wrestling background. I remember hearing even while he was actually in WWE, <laughs> he'd be spending time training with a, a Billy Robinson or a, a Josh Barnett, 
And then, like, in WWE, he wouldn't get a chance to show that whatsoever because, you know, you're just, just here to do your spots, bruh. And then, um, punch, yeah. And then it's funny, like as much as people put over New Japan for having the best wrestling in the world, he didn't get to show that in New Japan either, because uh, they they just have a certain expectation for some of their guys in, especially like you know your big, big muscled up, uh, tough guy types like him and Lance. And um, he he just you know all all he would say like there was actually that that interview we talked about last time where he was like saying about how. All he gets to do is is just the the kick punch you know big power guy stuff and not actually get to show off the wrestling and then this was this was such a, a great example you know in addition to like that blood sport match um, from earlier in the year but this is just this is the Davy Boy I want to see more of a spotlight on hey yeah they like we have our shoot style fighting guys not you Davy Boy you you appear to be nostalgia and remind people of your dad your dad didn't do that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's probably funny. their. I, that's probably one of their reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember he 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 actually said in that that interview with um Hannibal that he wanted to like when um Dynamite died, he wanted to do like a proper tribute match to him, um, and he he came to to Gato and asked him, and he was just like, Nah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, that's like. Yeah, yeah, and like so, he I think in the match that he had that night, he he made sure he put in like a diving headbutt and some other things, but he didn't actually get to have like the proper tribute match that he wanted to. Um, he did have that one uh, for Real Japan, um, not long after, where he had like a match with uh, the the latest variation of Super Tiger, where he like really got to do a proper dynamite tribute, but. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a it's a weird one, but apparently Davy Boy, from what I've heard, he's in um pretty high demand in the US market now as a as a free agent. Have you heard much about this? I had not heard go on, go on. Do you know what companies are coming at Colin? Well, um I mean obviously he's had the MLW has been one of the only companies that's actually utilized him to his strengths. So I think that's kinda like a home base. But by the sounds of it, you know, we do see some guys crossing over and doing both MLW and uh, some other promotions such as the All Elite Wrestling. Uh, I've heard that um, JR is a, a big fan of uh, of Harry. So I think that could definitely be one of the, the main places I've heard of. The other one that I heard that was a bit of a bit of a, a long shot, like kind of out of the out of the blue type of thing is uh, Billy Corgan's NWA. Apparently Billy Corgan's pretty high on him too. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Did you hear the big announcement of their TV coming up? I saw the fucking uh, the article, but I didn't actually read. So much wrestling shows. What? With, mm. So there was like a YouTube TV? video that um, Billy Corgan came Billy out Corgan with, put out, yeah. And uh, uh, basically said they're doing two-night taping in Atlanta uh, later in the year that the big thing of it was they didn't actually announce what the taping was for. You know, they just said TV. They didn't say whether it's going to be syndicated, uh, whether it's just going to be like a YouTube thing, uh, whether it's going to be like something on the level of like championship wrestling from Hollywood or whether it's going to be, uh, you know, a deal like on Axis or, you know, maybe even bigger than that. I don't know. It seems like a lot of competition in the market these days. So it'll be interesting to see where it settles, you know, where the uh, dust settles on that one. 
so much damn content, man. Mm. But um, I mean, I've been a big fan of the NWA stuff, especially like that um, Crockett Cup that we watched a little while back. Just their overall presentation is very good. But you start to wonder, like, if they're in- using exclusive contract guys, how many how many fish are in the sea for that kind of thing, you know? Honestly, with how many people the AEW fucking picked up, but they're still allowing a lot of those guys to do outside things, right? Well, apparently they're cutting <clears throat> them off. They're um, Is that having why, to finish up Joey? their dates, and we're getting... Yeah. Uh yeah, fucking. How about this for news? We we did a big bad for not not talking about this last time. GCW announced Joey Janela's farewell for now show. I yeah. am shocked. So I guess yeah. in preparing for the big um, TNT show and AEW, uh, that exclusivity is um is is coming down. Yes, goes to show you that these good guy AEW isn't necessarily too much unlike those bad guys, the WWE. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I I am excited to watch some NWA if they put on a good regular show like the Beyond show. I wish I got home in time to watch it live every week because I just forget about it because that's really great. I I'm really digging oh. Beyond everything they do like. Especially after watching American Rana, like Beyond has a great product, yep. and the announcers are funny and silly. So I like the lightheartedness of it. So it, I think the overall presentation is pretty fucking great. It's very and fun. I can very independent be my wrestling. Next new independent company. Yeah, that's good. We we are all over the place right now. We've, we're jumping from one thing to the other to the other. I, I don't know whether we just have our listeners that are used to this kind of shenanigans, uh, but. Uh, if you want Should to go be. into a, tra- a one train of thought, lead me down that line, and I, apologize. <laughs> I will try to jump on with you as well. <laughs> I wasn't trying to go I into the it. show necessarily about American Rana. No, no, Rana, no, but no, no. Um, just talking about how so many fucking shows are out there. It's yeah, hard to invest it's the time true. into. And there's and so I... many good quality shows as well. Like getting back to the MLW show. Like this is a, a show where I I, I was I watched like pretty much every show from episode one up till like pretty much uh like the end of last year um i remember like there was a one in fort lauderdale where there's a really good match with um la park and um pentagon jr i think that was one of the last ones i watched last year and then i just like fell out of it i fell behind it wasn't for any reason like uh, not the shot show not being good but just the amount of fucking wrestling you have to watch these days you know it's it's crazy like a show that you actually really enjoy like that that you just fall out of and then now i've only to jump back on board on these last couple of weeks but you're right so much wrestling so much product and then nwa is going to chuck another one in here we're going to have aew shows weekly coming up in october what's a man to do oh it's too much at least we have stuff to talk about on this show i like that we're complaining about all the great wrestling what what pieces of shit we are it's first Mark's problems or Mark World problems. <laughs> first Mark World. First World Mark. I don't know. Like Mark that. World problems. <laughs> Yo, Chris, you there, buddy? Yeah, you're, you're getting some reverb there. Hey. Yeah, it cuts out every once in a while for me. All of a sudden, I don't hear you, and then it comes back. But that was the time I heard some buzz. It's weird. Some buzz. Buzzing. Yeah, I heard that buzzing. Other than that, I'm, I'm hearing you quite fine. We're hearing good now. We're good. Let's let's carry on. Sweet. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, finishing up on this MLW show, uh, we had this great main event, which, you know, I I don't, there's some things where you just watch it and you're like, 
if a match is so good, it's almost like there isn't as much to talk about as when it's just <laughs> shit, you know? It's oh, yeah. It's like, it was just really great. Yeah, it's like, there's some fine grappling from two gentlemen who are skilled at grappling. Yeah. Um, hey, I, it's I very, thought... very manly and aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of wrestling I like. Uh, I remember there was like a headbutt, like one of those European headbutts to the guts that uh, that Harry did in the match. I thought that was great. And just uh, the, the overall one quality single leg crab, The single leg crab that Thatcher had on him at that one point where you're like wrenching it. it. They put it over pretty big, but yeah, it looked brutal. It looked like he was going to rip his knee mm. out of socket. There were some beautiful transitions as well. Um, just like those little grappling things that from, from doing a little bit of um, like just an introductory level of, of catch wrestling myself. Um, like there was this bit where like, um, I think it was Harry, I oh know it was Thatcher who was like controlling him with like a variation of like a dash choke. And then he like swapped on that. And then there was another bit where Harry like had like a arm trap, um, like sort of drag thing and then he like counted the other way and then went into like a, a flipping um, arm bar. It's just like just some great actual wrestling. Oh, and yeah, I, that flipping arm bar was dope. I, I did not expect that out of him, out of Harry. Yeah. Because I, I honestly haven't seen him do all that shit. I, don't, I haven't paid attention to MLW as regularly as I should. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I was really happy with the fans as well because I don't know if, like, your recollection of that, because we were at this exact same venue where this show was taped on uh, on Mania Weekend, and it was all like, almost like the the crowd that that was there were a bit more casual, kind of like not that like you wouldn't think they were all that into like the serious wrestling. That being said, they were like pretty into the the awesome Daga uh, match uh, with Minoru Tanaka that we were there for. But uh, that aside. I wasn't necessarily expecting this crowd to be as there for this like example of like pure wrestling as they were. And they got really into it on this show. Well, there is a rampant fan base in the New York City. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Do you, are you aware of that, Chris? How much people love wrestling in New York? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. I'm more used to the rabid asshole New York crowd. Like that's that's and kinda... also with the TV show the MLW presents sometimes you know you think it's gonna be a little bit more for the uh, uninitiated sometimes they they're trying to get new people in to join the show they're not necessarily for the diehards but yeah what a tremendous match they do provide say... a bit of everything for everyone which like there's exactly. a lot of good variety and that's kind of like really the rest of the stuff on this show outside of this even also. family friendly hardcore at points yeah <laughs> <laughs> I um. The, you, you saw the, the – it was cool to see the Von Eriks. Um, I'm digging that um, Court is, like, into the history as much as he is and really kind of, like, pushing the, the, the second generation of that kind of stuff. I, I wasn't as much a fan of, like, what the hell is going on with them doing, like, the, the New Jack, like, playing the music all the way through their match kind of thing. Yeah, and it was Stranglehold, like a Stranglehold ripoff. Was Stranglehold one of the Von Erichs tune, or is that what they all came out to? Because the song that these guys came out with was a, like... Uh, it was like uh, a Black ge- Sabbath cover ripoff, wasn't it? It's a generic version of Stranglehold. Like, uh, I think it's by uh, Ted Nugent's band before he was out on his own. But anyway, yeah, Stranglehold. And I think they did come out. I'll double check. But yeah, dude, I... I was previously weird. when the guys see these guys wrestle i uh wasn't too high on them but they, they've definitely improved greatly yeah i mean they don't really wrestle 
all that often. Like, because I remember there was like a TNA show way back in the day they did in Dallas, and they used the Von Erichs. They've uh, Von Erichs have done some stuff in Noah as well, and you get the impression that if they were wrestling more consistently, they could really be be something. But they'd just be so sporadic with the amount that they'd wrestle. Um, I don't know if that's kind of like hampered them a bit, but um, yeah, they they seem to be getting a lot better. Um, and like, there's so many flashes of like you you watch little things that they do, and you're like, oh, that's a Kevin Von Erich thing right there. Oh, that's a bit of Kerry, like, and even like little movements, and you're like, oh, that's like a fucking David Von Erich thing. It's, it's pretty cool to see. Were you much of a oh, fan? Oh, yeah, of, um... and it was totally. Go on. Sorry, the, the Ted Nugent. It was Ted Nugent, and it was Stranglehold, and that's what. Kevin Von Erich came out to back in the day. Oh, there we go. That makes sense. So yeah, they made some sort of like various. You like when DDP used to come out to their ripoff Nirvana song. I mean, I'm not opposed to the actual song itself. I'm just opposed to like, y'all ain't New Jack. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was cool that they went out of their way to make something that sounded at least similar enough to their dad's tune, and they didn't have to pay royalties. Yeah, well, MLW is good, good like that. Like, they do the, the cover of Loki's music that's, like, pretty much almost, like, completely on the money, like the exact version of what he used to come out to an ROH, which I think is, like, a Tupac song, like an instrumental version of a Tupac song. Yeah. Yeah. But that's they're, awesome. They're good with their music. Um, for sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a, uh, have pretty high hopes for the, the Von Erich boys. I'm a big fan. Did you, were you ever watch much world class from back in the day? Uh, my dad tried to get me to watch it, but I wasn't into it so much. I used to watch it every once in a while, like on classics, because mm-hmm. he would have it on ESPN classics back in the day. Yep. So if I caught it, I caught it, but never went out of my way. I um, only got onto it probably in like the early 2000s when I got like this DVD set of just like best of world class type of thing. And I didn't even know that much about it other than like I think I, I read. Like, Dave Meltzer had, like, a really good historical write-up about it, which uh, I think WWE ended up using that almost, like, verbatim for their Von Erichs DVD that he came out with. But, um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> alas. But as soon as I just saw, like, just the magnetism of, like, the Von Erichs and, like, the crowd reaction to them and just that fucking rock star thing, like, their production, like, their production was so much better than WWE's has ever been. Um... And, like, the just Michael Hayes and the Freebirds, like, just watch that and you're just like, whoa, I don't think I've ever seen anyone as, like, fucking over in wrestling as, like, the Von Erics and the Freebirds were back then. But just, it it was magical, man. I, I love it. So, yeah, it kind of, like, warms the, the heartstrings watching the, the Suns. A little bit concerned, though. Like, oh, I don't know whether this family should get back into the wrestling, <laughs> eh? Court. Keep them away from any pills, motorcycles, all that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Jeez, did you watch the Dark Side of the Ring thing on the Von Erichs? As a little aside. Oh my god, I haven't watched any of those, dude. Because I know how they're. I know they're good, but I yeah. don't want to be so fucking depressed about the thing I love, man. Wrestling uh, is so dark; it has such. But I guess it's. I shouldn't ignore it. You know what I mean? Well, I am one of these guys to wear. I love depressing shit like that. I'm like, wrestling, honestly, is a fucking depressing thing. Like, any any movie about wrestling, like, the, the you know, Mickey Rock, the wrestler, I'm like, that's fucking right. Huh. Because the real story of wrestling and wrestlers is a fucking sad one. Hell um, yeah. But, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I love the, the Dark Side of the Ring ones. Um, the one they did on Gina Hernandez, fuck, dude, you should go out of your way to see that. I learned some stuff, and I was like a big um, Gina Hernandez fan as well. Did you yeah, he was see? that. He was that guy uh, that was he from Texas that was going to be basically the next guy, but he died super young as well. Yeah, I mean, he still did a tremendous amount in his short career. Like he pretty yeah. much was like one of the the great. He created the dynamic of the cocky, young, arrogant, good-looking heel. Like he he started that because he was just so fucking good at it. He's like so Shawn Michaels kind of lifted. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Same thing, like, Randy Orton kind of lifted a lot from it as well, I'd say. Like, his tag team, like, back in the day with um, Tully Blanchard was, like, probably the best version of, like, those two young, good-looking bad guys, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, hearing the actual, like, inside story and, like, the stuff from his mom and, like, all of the mystery and intrigue of, like, the mafia on in the death and all that kind of stuff, dude... It's, Wasn't uh, his dad rumored to be like some famous one of the, like a yeah, secretly a wrestler? Yeah, yeah. There was the big big rumor that his dad was Paul Bosch, who was oh, yeah, basically right. the the Houston promoter, one of the greatest wrestling promoters of all time. Um, and yeah, it's it's like one of those things where it's like was he, wasn't he? There was a thing where I think uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone went into Paul Bosch's office and he had like a picture on his wall, and they were like. Oh, why do you, why have you got a, a picture of um, Gino on your wall? And he's like, "No, that's that's a picture of me from my 20s. I was like, "Ooh, oh shit!" Yeah, but they didn't <laughs> they didn't really touch on that too much in the the documentary. Um, but yeah, there are but also, a lot of rumors. Well, how, what the fuck? Who has a picture of themselves on their wall in their 20s? Like, ah, look uh, at me. I, I could see look that how, as, as like a dude, look you know, how gorgeous a, I was. a 50 year old uh, former wrestler and promoter. You know, I have a picture yeah, of myself okay, in my wrestling that's true. days. Yeah. That's true. Any non wrestler, that would be weird. If it was somebody who didn't <laughs> do something like that, like, look at me. In my virile 20s. I love that. Like like a manager at a Walmart in his office. He's like got a, yeah. a picture of himself in a Speedo from when he's tw- early 20s. Well, I don't know why he's Speedos, but hey, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Look how fucking gorgeous I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Before Walmart. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the stories of how hot the business was in Texas and like the Freebirds, as you mentioned, like there was one of those acts that when I first saw them, you remember that you're like that's a fucking act that's a presentation man yeah they had like they had huge tv all over like that was one of the top rated wrestling shows outside of their own market like they had their show on in fucking israel and it was like one of the top rated shows and they were like begging them to come out and they actually did a couple of tours of israel world-class championship wrestling it's nuts that's insane yeah um but (laughs) yeah that's a bit of an aside uh but yeah mlw show Real good. Would recommend. Yeah. And also, we got to see Loki beat up Wheeler Utah real quick. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked him up pretty fast. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, w- quick Wheeler Utah story. Um, so, my buddy Rick, um, who moved to the UK to wrestle over there recently, did like a bunch of um, stuff with the New Japan tryouts and, and all that kind of thing. He's doing really well. And he's just starting to kind of blow up in the, the UK scene. Um, he went over and he trained with WXW. Um, and 
so they have like an invite training kind of deal. So that was like his first thing before going into the UK where he like trained with them for like a month or whatever. And then um, Wheeler Yuta was announced as coming over at the same time. And like my buddy Rick is like uh, is slightly, you know, Asian looking dude. Um, and I guess uh, Wheeler Yuta is as well. But then one of the main guys on the show was like to Rick, like, oh, I'm really excited about your match coming up soon, man. He's like, fucking what? And then he oh, like no. brought up the picture on his phone and it was Wheeler Yuta. Oh, no. <laughs> like, fucking all, all slightly Asian looking dudes look the same apparently. <laughs> but no, Rick. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, Rick had a little bit of a, a laugh on that. And yeah, send us the, the details of it. It was pretty funny. You start taking Wheeler's bookings. Yeah, yeah. I, I will not reveal the actual wrestler who, who made this, this confusion, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty good. Was it Mark Davis? <laughs> no, it was not. It was a, uh, a German wrestler, in actual But um, speaking of Mark Davis and WXW, actually, they've got some Segway. pretty sweet-looking shows coming up in Toronto. Probably one of them's happening right now. My gosh, did you hear much about these? Yeah, I think Daniel McCabe is heading yeah. over there for that show. So, um, as a big fan of the shoot-style wrestling, uh, one of the, the biggest kind of like shoot-style wrestling shows that's been going for quite some time, uh, Ambition, that's like WXW's version of it. They normally put on like a one-night tournament um, around that 16-carat tournament at the same time. And it's just like a shoot-style wrestling tournament. So everyone does like a version of shoot-style wrestling, kind of similar to, to what has become a thing with Bloodsport. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing their first ever one in Toronto, in addition to another um, WXW show over there. And it's got some pretty pretty sweet-looking names on it. And, yeah, I, I saw your boy, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fuck, what, what's your name again? What would you say? Daniel McCarthy. <laughs> yes, yes, that. <laughs> Split my mind. It's all right. That's all right. No, it's, actually, I watched him, uh, his match with Tony Deppin from Scenic, and that was I heard good things about that. Great. Yeah. Really, really good match. He actually had to win, win in the whole fucking shebang, so congratulations, Mr. McCabe. Nice. And he also just worked for a fucking SEMA's company tonight, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that OWE show that they've got in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, busy, busy boy, Daniel Maccabe. So, yeah, I so, saw uh, Daniel Maccabe is in the opening round against um, Bobby Guns, who actually was quite good in the, the last Ambition show that I watched. So that'll be an interesting one to see who uh, proceeds past the opening round. Uh, we've also got um, Timothy Thatcher in the opening round against Alexander James. I don't know too much about Alexander James, but that should be a good one. Um, another big one. Uh, uh, this is this is the match that I'm very excited about. Opening round, Walter versus Mike Bailey. Shit! <laughs> the rematch of Mike Bailey's chest. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of chops and a lot of kicks, I'm assuming. I like um, a kicky-choppy fight. Yeah, me too. And then uh, a super fight, like it's a non-tournament, but super fight, fucking legend of shoot style wrestling, uh, creator of battle arts and one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Yuki Ishikawa against uh, Tyson Jukes. Holy shit. Yeah. I, am, I just got super excited for Daniel because he 
loves battle arcs, so he gets to meet that motherfucker if he hasn't already. And I'm sure he would be um, doing a little bit of training in the the pre-show as well, because yeah, fucking awesome. I've known a couple of other um, dudes like Australian wrestlers that have trained uh, with the Yuki with some battle art style training, and they have nothing but amazing things to say. He's, he's just a great dude. So yeah, that that show looks really good. And then the, the following night, um, they've got a, another show where, of all matches, they're doing the um, rematch of fucking Walter and Daisuke Sekimoto. Haas. Haas fight. Yeah, yeah, and that one, like, their last match was like five years ago, and uh, Walter's gotten a lot better since then, and Daisuke is still fucking amazing, so damn, I'm, I'm excited for this show. Should be great. I think there's a, another one uh, on that show with um, Yuki Ishikawa against Thatcher. So, boy, I think I'm going to be watching some um, WXW when the G1's over. Yeah, that sounds awesome. WXW is on independent, right? Um, no, no, they're on the. Uh, they have their Fight older TV? shows on the High Spots network. <clears throat> um, oh, okay. But they've got the, all of their own shows on their own WXW network. Um, which my buddy David has or used or had a subscription of, so I'll see whether he still has that, and we might be able to watch some WXW. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a, a question on there of whether there's a, a couple of WWE contracted boys, mainly Walter. You hear about the news how they're they're cutting off these guys' ability to work on shows that have. Streaming networks. So is like Walter's yeah. match even going to be up on the WXW streaming site? I don't know. Yeah. Or isn't Brog- Walter like? Doesn't he have both Progress titles? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird time, and like whether you know uh, Progress and WXW are going to get added to this new tier of the uh, Evil Overlord network. Who knows? And then Jim leaving Progress. Yeah, man, that was like really the hammer in the coffin. I mean, I don't know if I'm looking at this in too much of a dark way, but really says everything about it, the UK scene and all that. It's dead. UK wrestling's dead. WWE killed it. (laughs) Well, there are some still shining companies that are doing quite well, like Fight Club Pro is still doing awesome shit and doing pretty great houses. Um, I think Rev Pro is a little bit down because they haven't been able to put on as many of their super fight, super indie kind of matches that they have in the past, but they're still doing pretty well. But, um, yeah, I don't know about progress. It's it's in a weird place, hey? That's regression. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I saw a lot of people complaining about the UK thing this week, but it's like, didn't a lot of this stuff already fall out, like, six months or a year ago and people were complaining about it then or maybe they're just yeah. tightening up the strings a bit more now and it's really gonna be affecting stuff i don't know yeah probably before it was like it just a rumor or people assumed that was happening they didn't realize how much the strings were going to be tightened but yeah unfortunately too bad for, luckily for the people who are in attendance for the shows i guess mm. yeah yeah might be on their last they still get to see their walters or whoever, uh, their Pete Dunn's or their Mustache Mountains, but yeah, not on your streaming service. Sad day. Mm, I'm wondering whether it has something to do with um, the that, that next UK takeover show. Apparently not, not many tickets are being sold for that. 
So maybe they're like, hey, people aren't coming to our shows because they can just see these guys anywhere. So let's let's make them more exclusive and actually go to these WWE NXT shows, the UK ones. That's kind of what happened here locally. Like people, some companies didn't want guys working other shows and it kind of, you know, rose people the wrong way when you, you know, you can see one guy working a show for 20 bucks and the other people are charging 40 bucks. Who are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Mm, mm. I guess it's on the promoters too. Like you have to protect your own product and make it a bit special in a way. So it's like yep. maybe you shouldn't be putting your uh, your cachet behind dudes that you know are contracted to be working for other places. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so next up, uh, you mentioned earlier about another show that uh, we watched. We've been watching a bit of the Beyond Wrestling lately, haven't we? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so we actually watched uh, their... Um, their uncharted territory the other week and we didn't even talk about it so we had so much other stuff to talk about <laughs> i mean we're not going to now because i kind of forget forgot everything that happened on the show i remember there was yeah, a really good try um, to stir me to watch to remember all that i'm like oh shoot hard pressed hard pressed there was a great eric stevens chris dickinson match i remember that oh yeah that was fucking great speaking of uh Eric Stevens, he's going to be coming up here this, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So I'm pretty excited about that. Ooh, bring him back that uh, choo-choo train ROH nostalgia. <laughs> I, I might have to do it. I don't know. Choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs> he still looks like a beast, hey? Yeah, it was great shape. I um I remember there was a time during his sort of later days in ROH where he just got like real skinny. And um, it was like you remember the big tank Eric Stevens, and you're like, "What happened? He's been training yeah. with Roddy too much. I don't know. He's been cutting, man. He's real lean. Yeah, but now, like, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's been away so long. You don't necessarily think of him as big tank Eric Stevens. Maybe he's got like more of the badass look because the sweet tattoos that he's got now. I don't know. <laughs> you can still go though. Hell yeah. Yeah, and um. Man, Chris Dickinson has just been impressing me so much lately, hey. Like, between... He, he's through Uncharted Territory, they've basically been having, like, a bunch of these sort of, like, trial matches in the lead-up to his big, huge match with uh, Daisuke Sekimoto that we watched on American Rana. Uh, had, like, a big one against Kingston, uh, a couple others. But, yeah, every time I've just been... Dickinson's one of my favourite guys in the indies right now. Full stop. He's one of those, when I first saw him in Evolve, uh, I think he was tagging with Jaka at the time. I was like, yeah. this guy is fucking legit. Like, he looks the part. He's badass. He's strong style as far as American can be. You know what I mean? And I, the intensity. The intensity. And the, the look, honestly, even with when his hair's balding and he's kind of got the Caesar ring, he still looks fucking tough. Yeah. That's why the Dirty Daddy moniker works so well. <laughs> How good is his extended intro on the um, American Rana? The, the putrid the, papa! The filthy father! Yeah, so funny. <laughs> Dirty daddy, Chris Dickinson. <laughs> I love me some alliteration. Good job, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Oh, our, our boy, our friend of the show, uh, Rich Palladino. Killing it, as always. Uh, so, yeah, the, the last episode that we watched of Uncharted Territory was actually like the the final build towards America and Rana. 
and I didn't even know it at the time. We watched it um, mainly because there was a real good match with Dickinson and Thatcher, right? Um, I believe. Honestly, I don't know. I just <laughs> this was two weeks ago. I don't know what happened two I... weeks ago. <laughs> I remember the Joey Janela promo. <laughs> yeah, that was really good, actually. Like they had a big final confrontation uh, between Janela and uh, and David Starr. David Starr, you are David Starr. <laughs> um, and it was just great. Like I didn't expect it to get me as up for this match as I did, and they really recapped the whole multi-year history of the feud and everything. I thought this was really well done. Yeah, actually, the recap videos even played uh, in the intermission of the show. Mm-hmm. Fucking great work on whoever's doing those. Yeah, I was... Do you know the one I love the best? What was your favorite? Hmm. Um, I Honestly, I I loved the Joey one. I hate to go back to the easy answer with the one we were just talking about, but yep. I love the history of the way they... I Because I didn't know about how long it had been going on. So that, that's a great story to actually have it play out and come together like this. Yeah. My favorite was the one with um, Brian Alvarez and Filthy Tom against oh, yeah. uh, MDK and uh, fucking... Uh, what's his name? I love this guy. Um, Thomas Santel. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Santel, who you did a, a t-shirt for not too long ago, right? I did a couple, actually. And do you remember him from the WWE? Yeah, yeah. As the fucking... Okay. <laughs> One of the heartthrobs. Yeah, heartthrobs. What a complete yeah. gimmick change. I, I really yeah. love just this, like, kind of Iowa wrestling nerd gimmick that he's doing right now. Like, he's such a nerd burger, but he's, like, a tough nerd burger, you know? And it's kind of like, it's like a cool version of uh, Marty's dad, George McFly. Yes. Yeah, with the glasses. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's. I, I just love this whole gimmick, and yeah, the idea of all people that he's fallen in with as his tag team partner, none other than the leader of the MDK gang, Nick Fucking Gage. <laughs> it's, it's just a great dynamic. Nick is so awesome. He's like just a character. He's like independent wrestling Hulk Hogan. He's just fucking ridiculous, and I mean that in the nicest way. I just yeah, yeah legendary, not not, not racist way at all. But we don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I would assume not, but I don't make any uh, assumptions Assumptions? Here. Either way. <laughs> We're not going to cast any aspersion or make any assumptions here. <laughs> oh, um, But yeah, this, this hype video for that match was bloody great. Because it like had uh, like over the top of the highlights, they had actual audio from Wrestling Observer Radio. Yeah, where, like Philly so Tom and, and Brian Alvarez were talking about this. And like Brian Alvarez is finding out on the air that... Um, uh, Santel's uh, tag partner is none other than Nick Cage. It's like, what? You didn't tell me this. You signed that contract on my behalf. You'll, he's going to murder us. <laughs> and then yeah, Brian's that. so great. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Um, I've been a big fan of the Wrestling Observer Radio for a long time. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian. And his wrestling is really good too. He's been doing it for so long, you know. One of the real stalwarts is that an appropriate word here of the pacific yeah. northwest scene yeah and he's one of those guys that he he can talk about wrestling from both a fan standpoint and an actual worker so mm. anyone who talks shit about brian alvarez and his opinion he at least is educated in that opinion 
Yeah, and he's been like putting in the amount of time in that ring and years in that ring and like training properly under like dudes from territory, like this Portland wrestling territory Buddy days. Wayne. Yeah, fucking legend, Buddy Wayne. Uh, so he was, I guess, originally Chico Alvarez. Yeah, yeah, Chico. That's such a great name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, like. You, you always think of, like, Brian Alvarez as being, like, a smaller dude. And, like, when he'd always talk about his own wrestling, he'd be, like, the smallest guy. And then you look at him in the ring in, like, this match, and you're like, he's pretty much, like, the same height as, as Nick Gage and um, and Thomas Santel here. Maybe it's touch below, but, like, not in any way, like, a, a diminutive man. He's a midget. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, just jumping in, I, I thought that match was really fun. That was one of my favorite things on the show, actually. Uh, hell yeah. I'm, as you said, American Thomas Santel, fucking great. And I, Nick Gage is not a wrestler I typically would ever like, <laughs> but, but it's just <laughs> something about this motherfucker. It, you just connect with him. And when he says, and when he says he loves you motherfuckers, I think he does. I think yeah. he really loves me. I honestly believe that. Anytime he says it, I'm just like, yeah. Fuck yeah. And like the way he like comes out and like does his like kind of like mosh pit. He like creates a mosh pit on his way to the ring and he's like high five and dudes and like Yeah, like like remembering people and going over and dapping them up because he fucking remembers them. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, you motherfucker, you showed up. Cool. <laughs> the yeah, fucking the best man. Fucking amazing uh, Metallica music going on is in the background. It's just like iconic, you know. You got like Sandman, mm. and then you got fucking Nick Gage, right? And then you got that after yeah. that presentation, you got geeky Tom Thomas Santel coming out with his glasses <laughs> thereafter, be like, "Yeah, I'm MDK affiliated." Yeah. And the <laughs> Chop and Roll Express. What a yep. great name! That I like great. how they're both simultaneously like comedy, but. They also were legitimate uh, grapplers, so they oh, have that I going. I really for them. enjoyed that um, that opening sequence of, of just display of great grappling between uh, Alvarez and Santel. I thought that was amazing. Agreed. Great wrestling. Um, and then yeah, just like Nick can actually wrestle as well. Uh, people just think he's like a deathmatch guy, but when it comes down to it, he's totally proficient. I enjoyed the story. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have that in your back pocket, you know, to shock people. Like when Kevin Nash does an arm drag, everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> He's not just all back elbows in the corner and a he shitty He can drag bar. arms! <laughs> yeah, so this was great. The story of the match of uh, the, the, you know, big teasing when um, when Nick Gage would get in the ring with uh, with Alvarez and then he finally just fucking murders him. Yeah, great. Beautiful uh, storytelling, I'd say. Yeah, that's terrific professional wrestling right there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I need just more Thomas Santel in my life. This guy's awesome. He's, he's been. If one you have any ideas, let me know because he wants other T-shirt ideas, but I've been drawing a blank. <laughs> oh, I think you need to get some real throwback inspirations for that, like some some Luthers, uh, some some like fifties wrestling, forties wrestling, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're the inspirations we need to look for here. Going all the way back to Frank Gotch, that kind of shit. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, what were the other... We don't need to go over every single match in America on Rana, because this was... Let me just say, guys, this was a fucking long show. 
bro uh i did not because i remember there was a fucking iron man match so i knew at least we were gonna deal with one hour long match so generally if you're gonna do an iron man match you would like curtail the rest of the show a little bit they did not hear it was a six hour show it was like past the four four and a half hour mark before the iron match even started honestly like i was ready like oh okay cool i can watch this last match and go to bed and like oh my god it's an hour yeah oh i can't i didn't even get up to the women's match and it was like 12 30 i was like i need to go to bed and i had to watch the rest the next night but hey it it delivered it was was funny shit like for a show that's gonna go that long it was it was very good uh, so what, what were your, your main favorite bits, my friend, that are worth talking about here? Uh, I'm going to pull up the card again so I can remind myself. You go ahead and fill some of us. Bring us up to some of the ones that you quite enjoyed. Uh, the opener with Johnny Foxwoods. <laughs> John, John Morrison. <laughs> yeah, that, was <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun. Um, I, who was he working? What's, what's going on with this card here? You gotta gotta bring us All up right. to date here. You got it up here. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, uh, Josh Briggs, dude. Josh is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of these guys that's really uh, getting over in Evolve, right? I don't really watch Evolve anymore, but I've heard Josh Briggs's name a lot. And then uh, we had the breakup or the the first uh, the Beaver Boys were up there. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, both both great. I mean, you can't really say much more. But then I like that they, they went back to the EYFBO name as opposed to LAX. And I was like, oh, Ooh, is that like a, a bit of a because because even on Uncharted that's Territory. A match, man. Wait, I thought it was Beaver Boys against um, EYFBO. No, no, Bear Country. Ah, oh, yes, I got confused. Beaver Boys is Alex Reynolds and John Silver. How could I confuse the Beaver Boys and Bear Country? The animal, the animal groups, man. It's understandable. Yeah, I'm but, sorry, listeners. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> we'll flog him later but no bear country is fucking great they're fucking cool and eyfbo is such a fucking ridiculous name entertain your fucking balls off whatever <laughs> i learned a thing about the pazuzu thing because um, like the pazuzu i actually i really enjoyed the comedy ladder match kikataro's whole gimmick is trying to say it stare at solo darwin's butt <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking great. Did you I watch it? I, I watched little bits, bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, well then, uh, Butcher and the Blade versus the Rock and Roll. The Rock and Roll what? just did all the cool shit that everyone wants to see them do. And that was fucking great. What a match. We got bloody Andy uh, and uh, bloody just the big menacing men that are Butcher and the Blade against, of all people, the Rock and Roll Express. And the Rock and Roll Express did great. They didn't even look like too out of place to me. Did you enjoy them? Yo, hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're st- they can still hold up, man. They're they're still hanging in there. Um, but I have to admit something that I quite enjoyed, even though most people, some people would even hate. I loved RD and Orange Cassidy, man. Oh yeah, this was great. This was really <laughs> good because I was a big fan of um, what was his name back in Shikara? Archibald uh, Peck. Archibald Peck. Oh, he was just the man um and then yeah this whole thing that's happened with wwe and him just getting fucking the the raw end of the stick with that bullshit that happened at the hall of fame and then him just you know what fuck it i don't need this i'm quitting 
And then he yep. came back and had his uh, his retirement match, career versus title, against Orange Cassidy. And what an emotional affair. Uh, it, <laughs> I love how everything played out, all the sunglasses bits. Yeah. Uh, he broke like three or four pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> he had a pair on him he was unaware of. Oh, the, and then the, the big bit where he gets the, the other pair of the sunglasses out of uh, Artie Evans' own waistband. Yep. What a moment. <laughs> or when uh, Rice Rosenberg walked by and straightened Cassidy's sunglasses for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so awesome. I thought, yeah, RD did such a, an amazing job of selling all of Orange Cassidy's shtick. Like, just so much better than, than anyone. Just his facial reactions and, man, I, uh, I love this stuff. Not like, I, I like some silly wrestling of it sometimes, like the comedy wrestling can be a bit over the top, but I thought this was perfect, hey? Yeah, pretty much uh, I can, Orange Cassidy can do no wrong for me because I, I love the overtop nature and people who don't get it, like I get why you don't get it or don't appreciate it, but it's taking the, the basic essence of never hurting your opponents in wrestling to the furthest extent, and it just cracks me up every fucking time. <laughs> like awesome. when he fires up, dude, and go, like, walks around and stomps around the ring, like shows some real fire that Orange Cassidy rarely shows, and then comes in with that tiny ass chop, like fucking a, dude. And so like, like, ultimately, it's really, you know, is it over with the crowd? And this crowd was just fucking losing their biscuits for this match. Losing their biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole show was great. And um, I, had, I haven't seen a whole lot of Sakamoto or Daisuke Sakamoto. And fucking A, what a hoss affair. Those guys oh, yeah. just beating the tar out of each other. Dude, I've, I've been such a like, big fan. Even... I've been such a big fan of Daisuke Sakamoto for like so many years. Um, like from all of his stuff in Japan, from like Zero One to like everything in Big Japan. Like he is just the fucking greatest hoss in all of wrestling to me. It's still weird me seeing him without his beautiful mullet. Uh, do you remember his days with the beautiful mullet? I do recall the beautiful mullet. Yeah. So... On top of those amazing traps. Yeah, yeah. They just really set it off. We've, we've lost the mullet. He's in <laughs> grown-up mode now, I guess. All business. All business, Daisuke Sekimoto. Uh, there were points of it where they literally looked like they were fighting. Like they, It wasn't planned with parts of wrestling. They're just laying I the shit that. into each other as hard as they can. It was fucking great. That was fantastic. Like, especially at the part when uh, Chris was trying to pull him off the ropes. Yeah. You know? Like, towards the beginning, it, didn't, it looked like he was literally... Like, there was no discussion about this. He was literally trying to muscle him off, and Daisuke was not going to let it happen. Yeah, and that, that's the best part in these matches, you know? Like, because so often you have these these matches that are meant to be, like, such this, you know, brutal shoot-fight affair, and then you can, like, actually get the sense of, like, guys, oh, is this my turn or your turn? You know, that, that kind of, like, separation of, like, ah, oh, this was meant to be this badass hot battle, and instead it's just this phony bullshit. But this was, like... This felt legit, you know? And those, like, chop exchanges, to me, the, the best part of this match was down that finishing stretch where they're just doing those uh, kibashi chops in the corner and just the amount of sweat. There's, like, a cloud of sweat around them with the light and everything. Yeah, it was it's so like good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's intense. This was just two angry and men clubbering one another, and I loved every moment of it. 
Uh, the, the cage match was pretty good. It was kind of quick, and they got bloody really quick, which was I, unexpected for her. I don't mean to be a, a killjoy on this one, but I was a bit disappointed by this match. I'd heard a lot yeah. of good stuff about Chris Statlander. Um, uh, I've, I've been a fan of uh, uh, Priscilla Kelly. As, uh, what was that, a Shakara thing? Queen, no, Princess? it's Kimberly. Kimberly, not Priscilla Kelly. Kelly. Oh, pr- this Kim- one is Kimberly. Yeah, but Kimberly, she had like the princess gimmick in Shakara. That's what it was mean, meaning yeah, to right. say. Yeah, yeah, like Princess Kimberly. I think that was it. Yep, not exactly. too crazy. But yeah, I've enjoyed uh, her stuff for quite a while. She had the amazing feud with Chris Dickinson years and years back in, in Beyond that was fucking fantastic. So I had high yeah, expectations match... for this match, and uh, it was, uh, I don't know, something missing. I, I I agree with you. I think Chris is great. I think she's going to be really, really awesome soon here. And Kimberly's always great to me. But like I said, the match just seemed quick. They got bloody really quick, and it seemed kind of out of nowhere. So And the finish kind of seemed out of nowhere, too. I was like, all right, cool. We're, we're really heating up here. This is actually starting to get good. Uh, oh, it's over. Oh, okay. Yep, exactly. Bit weird. Um, and then what, the can I Man ask you was... a question? What, ask away. What is the deal with this? Everyone's favorite alien, something alien. How is Chris Statlander an alien? I I do not understand this gimmick yet. Well, she's self-representing as an alien. Let let her be. She, you, no need to question it. That's what she is. She's an alien. Oh, that's just how she's presenting. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I loved. It. I saw her fight. Uh, KTB one time, I think. It was pretty fucking great. She's she's awesome. KTB makes everyone look great. That is a good point. Uh, as far as the Iron Man match goes, oh. Joey Janela and David Starr, one of the best Iron matches, or one of the best matches I've probably seen. Uh, wow. Wow, I, wow, wow. I have never seen an Iron Man match quite like this. Um, to me, it was the, the closest thing that I could use as like a reference point for this. Do you remember that like Iron Man match between Hero and Punk in IW Mid South? Yes. Where they like did a, a there's like ladder stuff and a lot of like craziness. You've never seen that before, but I mean this really pushed it to the next level. Yeah, the chair spots were insane. David going up three right away. How about just a German was... suplex through a fucking open chair? Yeah, <laughs> or the German suplex off the fucking second rope through a couple of chairs was pretty gnarly. Yep, yep. And the um, crazy, uh, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, a fucking something or other where they were on the top rope and they went through the two doors that were like double. Oh, he did a fucking uh, fish, fisherman buster. Yeah, yeah. Shit, that was nuts. Yeah, I was watching this one with David and he was just like jaw kind of to the ground through a lot of this stuff. And, um, man, David was, was bleeding pretty hard, pretty fast. Hey, Hang on a second. My dog's freaking out. Give me one moment, okay? All right, Bronx. You need to, you need to calm down there, mate. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. It sometimes happens. Uh, you, you, what do they say? Children and animals during podcasts? I don't know. I've been really happy lately because Jelly and Ziggy have been much better. Uh, so we only have Bronx that's doing the run-ins of the podcast, whereas <laughs> so Jelly and Ziggy are just curled up and, and sleeping. And this that's really Bronx has decided uh, decided he not want the cat walking around. He, he needed to let the cat know it was not cool that he was walking about, so he right. was barking at the cat. Rightfully so. You got to got to put that cat in its place. You know. Fucking okay. <laughs> a. So. 
yeah, guys, you, it, it's something else where you're like watching a 60 minute Iron Man match, and it was like they started out with like the thing of um, both dudes were like too proud to actually use the the weapons, and I guess primarily that Joey, you know, Joey's trying to kind of show that he doesn't need to use the those weapons to beat David Starr. He's a wrestler. Yeah. He's an ace. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was real fun. And then it was David Starr who was the first to use the uh, the the plunder, as uh, you might say. And then Joey's like, well, shit's on. And, yeah, there was a fucking nasty chair shot, that first one that um, – that uh, David Starr was bleeding off of. And then, man, it just went nuts from there. And that was like about just after the 10-minute mark. So <laughs> this was nuts. The, bl- the blood was so nuts, I was like, man, what is with the, the spree of big-time ma- matches with a ton of blood in the last couple of months? It's almost became, become the staple. Uh, blood is back in wrestling a lot. I'm uh, all about it. As a, I, I as a fan of uh, mid to late 80s Crockett wrestling, I, uh, I I like me some blood in wrestling, and I'm glad to if see it's back. Safe, if everyone's safe and has their documents done where their blood work is fine, then yeah, I'm all for it. It, it definitely adds to the fucking appeal. Uh, David, the blood pouring down his face and him like barely being able to move and like just twitching his arms like when he's selling. Like I love when he does it. He like... Kind of just lifts one side and his arm just twitches. Like, yeah, you, yeah. I was talking to my buddy about this. Dead. We actually had dinner before this match, and we were like talking about this match coming up, and we were remarking about just how fucking good David Starr's selling is, um, yeah. and like his variety of selling and like the subtleties and things like that. And he he showed all of that in this match. It was just real funny. We were talking about it, and then you just get to see it like right up front like that. Such a great yep. wrestler. Highly underrated. I, I I think a lot of people don't give the guy a lot of credit. I think he's fucking tremendous. It's almost it was weird because he's he's been a great wrestler from the first time I saw him wrestle, but it wasn't until he had this big breakout in the UK to where he really got the cred that he deserved, and then like sort of after that, and he's working uh, WXW and then the the UK and Rev Pro and everything. Then now he's only starting to to kind of get his due. But um, I mean, some people just just don't like him. I guess they're not a not a fan. Maybe <laughs> they're fan. Republicans. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be hundred percent hundred percent honest. At first, I didn't like him just because he dated a girl I know, and she didn't like him, and I like sided with my friend. But then I'm uh, like, but he's a good wrestler. So what the fuck am I doing this shit for? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when that stuff happens. Yeah, you're like. Oh, we're not even that close. So I just know her. <laughs> yeah. I know her. He was mean to her, but that doesn't mean it should affect my relationship or how I view it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, there was some shit that um Joey took in this match. And you're like, in a way, I'm like, I guess this is like Joey's kind of farewell to Beyond Wrestling, you know, before he gives his independent goodbyes everywhere. You're like, well, think and- about the three, day, the three days he had. He had this show. He had Defy and he had PWG all three days in a row. Insane. But, like, to me, you have a dude that, like, takes the risks and just the insane bumps that he took in this match. And that's a guy that's just about to really start the big money-earning years of his career after, like, all of the fucking ridiculous shit that he's put himself through for, like, the last decade or whatever. He's about to, like, fucking debut on TNT for bloody Ted Turner. 
big time uh, prime time wrestling and a, a big time contract, and he's he's doing this shit. I love it. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um. So <laughs> there was just some shit to where you're like, what? Like that the where they got their side of the cage. Uh, from the oh, previous yeah. match and like put it over and one of the fans actually helped Joey like set it over the uh, the, the barricade because he's having a bit of trouble with it and then great. yeah it was like a it's like a superplex off of the top of the ladder to the outside through this fucking side of a cage ah! yep Joey was going for the superhuman elbow drop uh, <laughs> which fuck this <laughs> shit great videos but yeah <laughs> Holy shit! Did you see Joey's back after that? Oh man, it, looks it was so nasty. scraped up. It was ridiculous. I bet yeah. that was probably the most painful thing is him hitting that cage. Yeah, we were like, I guess the cage would give you a bit of uh, a bit of protection. You know, it's got a bit of give in it, but at the same time, it's uh, you know all the things we've been taught about those um, those chain link fence cages in all of our years of watching wrestling. That shit will cut up an apple. That's like razor wire. <laughs> I love that shit that we as wrestling fans that we've we decided yes that's a hundred percent painful that it's going to hurt you like a motherfucker. I just saw this picture recently of Chris Jericho uh, with his face barely into the cage as Road Dog pushes his head into it. It's like a publicity photo, but it's like yeah, oh, look at all that pain from the cage. No, this is Joey Janelle falling sixteen feet into that shit. That's fucking gnarly. <laughs> So good. That that was one of those things as a wrestling fan that I fucking hated when WWE started their thing of like they'd have cage matches, but they had the ban on on juice, so like no one could actually bleed in a cage match. I'm like, this destroys every bit every bit of believability that I had in this match. How can you be in this this torture chamber and not be bleeding? This is ridiculous. They're still grating their face against the cage still. Yeah, but no one just bleeds. Yeah, it's it's weird. People have just got thicker skin now, you know? Not emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm not a... Every once in a while, there's a pretty good cage match. But for the most part, I don't really care for them because they're usually, especially in the WWE, they're usually plotting. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of just pushing and, and grinding and... But I always well, like sounds pretty sexy. I don't like it in my wrist. <laughs> my my kind of cage matches like the 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 Crockett like uh, mid south like that kind of territorial wrestling approach to a cage match. You know, it's like we're locking these guys in so they can't run away from the fight, and it's not you know this bullshit of you have to climb out of the ring like first man to escape is the winner. No. That fucking cage is there, so you can just beat the fucking shit out of one another, and one man's gonna gonna pin the other man and be the victor, and the other one's gonna be practically dead. I wonder when they added that rule. Like, it was like a was WWE too- thing. I think it was just that was Vince's version. He's like, "Well, we should just have first guy to escape the cage will be best." Do you, do you think they did that to give the heels an advantage to, to get over being a heel? Because what babyface wants to win by running away? I would assume it was probably done to start with for like if you have a, a heel champ and you're like, oh shit, we've got a cage match coming up. We can't have the, the heel pin the baby face. So how about we just have the heel escape the match and then uh, we protect our baby face? Yep, I figured as much. That would make sense. I, don't know. Uh, I thought the pacing of, of this, this 
Iron Man match was great in terms of the falls as well. Like it was quite well done where David Starr got ahead and then uh, Joey like evened it up and got one ahead and then it was kind of like neck and neck and then just going down that final stretch. And they did that so well on getting the, the final decisive <laughs> pinfall of like two seconds to spare. How the fuck? And I think I, at one point in the match, you saw the referee uh, asking what the time was left yes. to the people in the back. And I think it's because they were they knew how important this was, the timing for this spot was. Yeah, the, the timing announcements got a bit lax there. I remember we got a 10-minute time warning. We had like a 20-minute. I think we had a 30-minute. and There was some... a three-minute one too. Yeah, but like I there like was that. a big gap warning. in that. Oh, yeah, Rosie and Jamal. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> At the time, I popped a little bit. They probably didn't do it on purpose, but I popped a little bit. I didn't even think about that till now. But, uh, good, attentive watching, my friend. Listening, sir. I listen with my ears, not watch. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's my right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, this was great. People should go out of their way to watch this. This is one of my favorite um, Iron Man matches I've ever the seen. The whole show was fucking great. Yeah, the, the Iron Man match, definitely one of the best I've ever seen. And possibly... Hey. Go my on. favorite match so far this year. Whoa. High praise. Woo. That'll change by the next show I go to, probably. <laughs> Mine, I was thinking the other day, I've still got um, Shingo and Osprey in the finals of the best of the Super Juniors as my favorite match of the year so far. I still got to watch that fucking thing. Oh, so good. Um, so, as a final thing on this show, how bloody good were the post-match promos between Joey and, um, and then David Starr? I cut it off and left oh, it there. I thought they were better than the actual match. Oh, actually, I think I watched Joey's and I heard David get on the mic and say, "You didn't sell out. You didn't sell out." And I think I cut it off after that. Oh man, you got you cut it off right when his like real impassioned thing of explaining like the independent thing and um, how people kind of get get it uh, a bit sideways and thinking that he's burying anyone that signs a contract. But he's like, it's not about that. It's, it's about like us banding together as wrestlers and like taking back the control from these fucking money grubbing companies who want to pay us as little as they can uh, to actually like band together, like form a fucking union, get health care and get like the money that we fucking deserve. And we should be looking after one another. And, and it was just fucking great. It was like heartfelt. He said like the passion, like the crowd just went nuts on it. Oh, and then Jesse Ventura stitched him off to Vince. Oh. No, it's the other way. Jesse was the one that wanted the <laughs> union, and it was Hulk that stooged him up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Don't you badmouth Jesse Ventura, sir. <laughs> I knew I had it twisted as soon as I started saying it. Huh? <laughs> but, yeah, the, 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 there was yeah, just like an emotion the there. The doesn't want us to be. <laughs> um, but the, I wanted to say the funniest part. Did you see the uh, uh, announcement? while they were they were putting up the cage or taking down the cage from the Beyond Wrestling promoter. Well, listen, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Drew Drew Cordero? Uh I don't know his actual name. I think it's Drew Cordero. Um but yeah, you had this oh. big announcement building it up saying thank you for you know getting us to our biggest point. The highest attended Beyond Wrestling show of all time. You know, for a company that, you know, for these uncharted territories there's like what, hundred people there? And then for this big show, they got over a thousand, which is very cool. Um, but yeah, he built this thing up on this big announcement. It's like we're going to do something that's never been done before in uh, in 
professional independent professional wrestling we're going to change the game with this show's been great you know what it is you people want to know what it is and then this guy just calls out healthcare (laughs) (laughs) david star how'd you get in here it was the greatest awkward moment of like no we're not going to do that but we're building our own venue for the new tv show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh i yeah. love that i love that that'll be exciting maybe they can make it like the the, the uh, temple in Lucha Underground. yeah I'm, like I'm an, gonna... an office built into it to the side where he can come out and <laughs> be great yeah maybe we can work towards the healthcare, but in the meantime at least we've got a, a custom built venue for the weekly shows uh but yeah great show uh you know what else I watched this week, sir? This is going to come a bit out of a uh, bit out of left field. What? I watched that shitty page movie, Wrestling with My Family, for the first time. Oh, you did not! <laughs> I did. <laughs> so my buddies uh, Faz and and John, they were over. I think I spoke about it last time. We were watching the AEW show, and Faz is kind of like getting back into this wrestling bubble after not giving a shit about it for a long time. And then he messaged me out the blue and he's like, dude, you ever seen this movie, Wrestling With My Family? And when I read it, I just kind of laughed. I was like, oh, no, I have not. He's like, you want to, like, hang out and we'll, like, smoke a bunch of weed and just watch this movie? And I'm like, yeah, why the fuck not? You know? That, <laughs> <laughs> I would not have in any way watched this movie otherwise. Um, yeah. But... You know, time to, to hang out with buddies, you know, sp- smoke some, some good quality weed and just have a, a nice time together. And I, maybe it was because of my uh, inebriated state, but I thought this was, you know, it was a bad movie, but it was fun. Did you actually see it? No, I I, I actually am kind of interested because I'd like to see Nick Frost and... Uh seeing somebody else play he is Paige. the best part of the whole movie honestly yeah and then seeing selena vega play aj is that who she played no she played nikki who did she... yeah 